So we'll start with Presidente. Give me a test, Alan. A one-two, a one-two. And a one-two, a one-two, Courtney. Mic check, one-two, one-two. Give me another one, Courtney. Mic check, one-two, one-two. Oh, that one was crispy. Nice. Okay. Uh, Commander Tony, let's get a test, please. Yeah, copy loud and clear. <laughs> I was going to say, you got experience with the radio. <laughs> and Mr. Palmer, sir, a test. Howdy, hello, and good evening. You've got the flash. Go. I love those headphones. I'm going to get me a pair of them. All right, that's a good test. I, I officially have tested by testing all of you. Welcome to Smathcast. You know me, your main man, Fode, from the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation. And, of course, to my left on the screen that you can't see is the president of the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation, Sifu Allen Venable. Hello. Below him, we've got Courtney Monroe, the headmaster of Sabre Light Knights, one of our uh, – probably our oldest affiliate school who's not um, one of the founding schools. Yeah. And uh, – we also have two tremendous guests. We've been talking about having them on for a while. They're new as far as SMAF is concerned, but, you know, they've been with us for a few months now. We have Tony and Nick from Aiken Saber Academy. Guys, how are you tonight? Good, Hello. Fun. Yeah, we're doing fine. Awesome. Happy New Year to you. It's 2022 officially. Uh, I have not written 21 on any legal documents yet. So we're gonna knock on wood and uh courtney how you doing i'm i'm glad to have you in tonight i think you're gonna add something special to this episode because you're basically like 50 percent of the reason why aiken was sort of like uh on my radar you and kyle oh, that right? 50 and 50 percent of why aiken saber academy was on my radar in the first place so i'm glad you're here with us tonight to be here thank you and of course sifu nobody eats with such precise kung fu technique as you do <laughs> yeah you have to you have to um that scene in kung fu panda with the chopsticks is like when i was five you know you have to you have to defend your food i'm the ninth child mark it's uh Are you, you have really? to fight for what you have I, I am that's crazy you know that scene in Kung Fu Panda where he's fighting Sifu Shifu for the dumplings? Mm -hmm. I like uh I low key have to go get Chinese food every single time I watch that scene. <laughs> <laughs> it's like instant grumbling in the tummy. So right. uh Nick, uh why don't we start with you? Um Aiken Saber Academy, you are kind of like the chief student at the moment, is that correct? I yeah, I well I'm uh, now I am officially an instructor. Uh, last oh, August. Congratulations. I, awesome. Thank you. Um, yeah, congratulations. So, that's, that's no joke. <laughs> nope. A uh, little ceremony and everything. I got a certificate even. So that's yeah, it's official. Cool. That's if, cool. if, you know, if you've got a certificate, it's official. Um, <laughs> yeah. True story. True story. Yeah. That's what they do in medical school too. Right. Right. <laughs> so they the, give you a piece um, of paper. <laughs> and now it is official. Yeah. So yeah, I've been uh, going there for a couple of years and uh, working my way up and doing the duty uh, as a good student. And um, the other knights at the school and the founder and commander said, "Hey, uh, we'd like you to officially be an instructor after I've taken over a few after I had taken over for a few classes." Um, but uh, I've been a 
fitness instructor in the past, so it wasn't a, a brand new thing for me. You know, I've, I've played the role previously, so it was a good transition, a good group to get involved with. We uh, say it on the show all the time, like you don't have to previously be a martial arts teacher to teach saber martial arts now. Like fitness instructor is one of the examples we've given before. Like it's a it's a great like and I always use this term gateway drug into (laughs) saber fighting. You know what I mean? Uh, You already have like the athletic um, motivations. So that's really cool to see. I was just going to say, if you are able to communicate what you're doing to another person, congratulations, you're the teacher, that's the student. That's kind of how it goes. Oh, that's so true. But he also has a background in Asian arts. He didn't say oh, it there either. You go. Okay, so 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 now the truth comes out, Nick. Explain to us just a little bit about, about your martial arts background then. Sure, sure. So um, I have trained in a family style of wushu uh, called wuja kuan shu. And I was adopted into the family uh, when I was like 17 or 18. Um, and yeah, so I have like legit, you know, the Kung Fu brothers, and, you know, the whole bit. Um, and awesome, it's a, it's a John, you know, straight long sword based uh, system. So mm-hmm. that's where a lot of my sword play comes from. But, you know, I started swinging swords around with broomsticks and socks stapled onto the and taped onto the broomsticks with my friends, you know, when we were six and seven years old. So Hashtag I've been, I've been swinging. Yes, I've been swinging brooms and sticks since I, I was able to, you know, run around on my own. So I actually didn't know that about you. Uh, welcome to Smathcast. Love that. Yeah, thank you. That's thank pretty you. cool. I'm I'm glad that uh, Tony just uh, let the cat out of the bag on that one. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it, it was going to come out pretty soon. I was going to say I'm sure we'll touch on it some more. Um, and of course, you know Courtney and Alan. I refer to both of them as Sifu constantly. Um, so they're they're both very happy to hear that. Um, and Commander, let's talk about you and Aiken really quickly. And um, you know how you got to promoting uh, Nick to the level of instructor for you guys. I've, I've taken some Taekwondo, some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, I was a boxer for a number of years. You guys know what a police athletic league is? Mm-hmm. It, yeah, PAL, right? So PAL is mm-hmm. the YMCA of the inner city. So I, I was a boxer there for a number of years, and then I was a college fencer for about four years. So I have a, I have a little bit of a background. Um, I'm in the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation with a bunch. Everybody here has, has been involved in martial arts. Um, I'm not up to the level of you guys, but I approach this from more of a sporting side from my boxing side. Director at high school. And then when I retired at age 62, I couldn't box anymore because of just my age. So I looked at something else and I remembered fencing and there was another, one of my former students was, uh, was talking about let's swing sabers. And that's how we got started. The two of us swinging some ultra sabers, which we were just talking about a second ago in a park somewhere. We said, well, this is pretty fun. And at the time, the only thing we had to look at was Ludo sport on the internet. So we, we brought in some uh, students that had either left uh, the high school or still in the high school and we just started in a park as a proof of concept. A few months later, we really liked it. We thought we had something. We knew we had to grow. We had some other examples that we could follow. And then we got into a uh, the city recreation center. I know the mayor. 
the mayor appointed me towards the director and, and basically I'm, we're the same as a yoga instructor in there. They collect our fees, they, they give us a space and they give us a percentage back. So we have this big giant space every Friday, if we can, we can get it well, maybe one more day in the week and we don't really have to pay for it. And they don't care how many students we have or just as long as we're there, we're on signage throughout the city. Um, it's a pretty good deal. So as it is, as, it is really cool being able to drive through the commercial district of downtown. And as you pass by the um, center, you see uh, Aiken Saber Academy Fridays, five o'clock. You know, like it's that's a really cool thing to see. That is really cool. It, it is really cool. Is. So we're in our third, almost fourth year of, of and we've grown. We've grown both online and we've grown in the kind of combat we do. Uh, when Nick showed up. Uh, he had all the attributes I thought we needed. And he was a leader. He was a great student. He showed proper respect. He wanted to learn. He brought his own skill set. The other students respected him. It was a no-brainer after giving him a trial period to see if he would stay uh, to go ahead and make him a fellow instructor. And we just keep we just keep improving as we hit the road uh, it, for all sorts of events. So we're just not just we just don't do combat. We also do choreography. And uh, we, we do a community events. Uh, part of our ranking system is that the students have to do community service. So, you know, really the mission is not saber combat. The mission is uh, life development, particularly for young people. Let's put it, let's put it specifically on blast. Where do you guys train? What time, what day of the week? Give us the address, the whole spiel. Yeah, it's the um, Odell Weeks Recreation Center in Aiken, South Carolina. And we have class from Fridays from five to eight. Some people only show up for the first hour or hour and a half. Some people show up for the last hour. You know, it all depends on schedules and timing. But we're there for uh, about, you know, usually about uh, two and a half hours. Uh, we start wrapping up around uh, 7.15, 7.30. And uh, we're usually out of there by eight o'clock. And you guys start like mid-teenage? Yeah, 15 and up. 15 and up. Okay. Um so that's that's really good because that's something adults and teenagers can do together, which what can you do with your parents as a teenager that you feel cool about? And we, we definitely have had that happen where, you know, you'll have parents and kids come and, uh, and uh, play and learn together. Yeah, we had, we, had, we had a 90 year old student for about four or five months. Oh, uh, so, no, he was 80. He was 80. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking he's so old. I can't. I'm getting now he was he was he, he he was starting to hurt at the end. He came from the physical activity. Um, he's now become more of a booster than a student. Yeah. Nice guy. That's good. Um, so, so Nick, you uh, you're teaching all the class, like all the age groups. Are you teaching a specific? Yeah, the classes the classes all together. So it's just a single class, and that is one of the things that attracted me about it because I'm not real. Uh, interested in, in working with kids. And that's one of the things that's kept me out of the, the martial arts world uh, as an instructor and, and person. It's like, uh, my rule's always been 16 and up. And, and that's, uh, uh, so the Sabre Academy had a very similar alignment with my personal preferences in teaching. And yeah, the class okay. is all open. So everybody's there together and you participate to your level of capability. So if I go uh, like high intensity for a prelim workout, 
Um, some of the students can keep up, some of them can't. You know, we just go until we start to see most of the class failing and then we stop and start doing something else. Um, but you know, everybody's encouraged to participate to their level and comfort of capability. And if you need a timeout, you just say, I, I need a timeout. And that works for whether we're in the middle of a duel or we're in doing some calisthenics or we're doing a drill, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, like it's, we encourage everyone to set their and acknowledge their own limits. Yeah, we, we brought the training system from JROTC over. So it's, it's, it's a team. The entire group is a team. We all, we all rise, those with the capability, help those without the capability. And we have discovered that very quickly the students gather skills because they're learning from other teens or they're learning from adults that they trust. So as, as a group, we, we move forward. You just said something that I think is really important. I talk about it to the teens that I teach a lot because I think it's something that's like really lacking, but like too important to be lacking, which is you said adults that they can trust. Like there's not a lot of adults. I feel like on the side of teenagers right now, like on their team, you know, uh, rooting for them. And I'm, I'm actually kind of getting a little choked up about it because I teach so many teenagers and adults and so for me, it's just a big deal that like everybody feels like they have somebody next to them. Oh, yeah. Who's, like yeah. with them. That's something that Commander and I talk about a lot and we both feel very strongly about. I'm involved professionally with a uh, multi-generational uh, workplace development uh, group. And we concentrate on uh, bridging those gaps across the different generations and teaching people to work together collaboratively. And that's something that I speak strongly about. And when I talk about it, I'm like, I always tell people I'm a Star Wars person. So I believe in you know, the uh, uh, Jedi and the apprentice. It's, it's about uh, the uh, pairing and sharing of knowledge and training of the next you know, generation. So mentoring is a very big thing to me. And that's something that is definitely true among um, what they've set up at the academy in terms of the instructors. We're supposed to be people that they can look up to, that they can trust, and that um, and we're supposed to be there for them. By all We've had others come in and we hear rumors that they won't take their eyes off their 14-year-old children. Um, within a month, the moms are just kicking them out of the car and say, go in, I'll see you in an hour and a half. And then, you know, I've taught, I've taught thousands of teenagers, both uh, Started off in inner city Chicago and taking it here to Aiken High. Um, we had a very successful ROTC program, one of the biggest in the country while, while, while I was there. And I, it just, it, it's, it's, a, it, it's, it's a mission to be able to gain their trust so that they can see you as somebody that they can come to, even when they can't come to their parents. And it's a skill set, just like any other skill set that you have to develop. You constantly have to strive. You constantly have to watch what you say and how you do it. And you have to mostly show empathy towards these young people. They're, they're trying to grow. And if they, they'll grow with you, they will do anything for you if they know that there's somebody that they can go to and trust. And so we, we brought that to Aiken Saber Academy. Nick certainly has that same quality. And that's why he's an instructor. The students will go to either him or me. I'm the grumpy old grandfather. Nick is more the, the grumpy old uncle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I do want to talk about like your actual combat style and things like that too, but I'm curious, what got you guys to start interacting with Courtney? And then of course, by way of proxy, Alan, 
through Courtney's tournament last year and, and so forth. How, how did all of this happen? Because we obviously had Courtney with SMAF for many years now, and you guys met him before. So how did all this happen? Because now we have this little perfect storm on our podcast here. Yeah, yeah. So um, I like swinging glowing plastic sticks at people's heads. It's fun to me. You know, that's I enjoy that kind of thing. Um, and I heard about the tournament was like, yeah, that one's just a few hours up the coast. Definitely got to go there. And I think that was the uh, first bridge uh, to us starting to kind of investigate and dig in. But commanders uh, being nice uh, in that sense, because I think that he is connected with just about every group of saber enthusiasts oh, across I, I, the world. <laughs> I was actually going to say, um, you know, Tony, man, you are just you're like omnipotent, man. Like you're you're just <laughs> you're everywhere at one time. Uh, He's the center of the web. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, I, I'm not even like a, a big like Facebook guy, but you know, whenever I pop on, I have like at least half like yeah, I have 12 notifications, and at least half of them are Tony posting in like any lightsaber group that exists ever, you know. Um, yeah, and it's fantastic. Uh, and and I, I remember when uh, we were in the process of planning uh, the the open tournament last year. Uh, you know, T Tony and, and Aiken Saber Academy immediately came to mind because you guys are just so present, uh, you know, in the community. And you know, again, of course, you're on the East Coast, so to me, it was natural to yeah. see if you guys would be interested, or if you you, you know you want to come hang and, and hit each other and. Nick, you, you, you heeded the call and it was great. I was, was just glad that I could live quote the event to the lightsaber channels on Reddit and um, demonstrate clearly how dual weapons against single weapons play out in uh, fights. So that was my, my big win for the event was being yeah. able to uh, be like, Hey, here's the exotics tournaments. I'm doing dual weapons. And, uh, Alan, you were the one who went the furthest with dual, you know, like, so we were tracking you, seeing how far you were going to get in the tournament. Um, but yes. Yeah. Uh, that was, that was pretty fun. I got, uh, unfortunately I, in one of the, uh, the matches, I hurt my knee, so I couldn't actually show up at a hundred percent. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember in that, that. In, in that tournament, but it was a lot of fun. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm ready can to I, do it Can again I just say time. really quickly, uh, mm -hmm. in, in regards to Jarkai uh, or dual blade fencing, uh, mm -hmm. in my opinion, two of the best uh, Jarkai users I've ever seen in action are, you know, you, Alan, and then also Nero from uh, Mandalcore. Uh, mm -hmm. You guys know how to work. Um, two sabers at the same time. And it's pretty fantastic to, to see. And it was definitely on display, uh, like Nick was saying. So oh, I'm gonna yeah, need a cold sure. shower after this conversation. I mean, one thing we gotta add, there's our school with our students that's local, and then there's our online mission. So we're getting close to 1200 online members. And nice. the mission there is to, is to kind of display take the disparate parts of the saber community whether they be flow whether they be combat whether they be cosplay and try to get everybody talking to each other i think smap is a big player in that or could be a big player in that i think this the educational part of smap goes a long way in promoting camaraderie among the various groups so 
know, Eastern styles influences something that we do and we try to borrow. And that's why we created our own system borrowing from everybody. We have this in modules. And then we have our own system, which we predominantly, and then we teach choreography. Right. right. Um, neither of us are flow people. So even though I have a, a contact flow saber, I, I'm not proficient enough. And that would have been our other co-founder who would have been the guy who could have taught flow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, that's a, that's the thing that I think that we're uh, lacking in terms of our instruction. Uh, but we'll see how we, we do it that at some point in time in the future. But one of the things that I do like about the way we structure the courses is that we do um, always focus on the SIT system that was developed here. And the uh, medium grade, um, minimal equipment required. And it makes sense because not everybody is at a point in their life or careers where you know they can uh, have disposable income. I'm lucky enough to, to have that right now. And, but like if you're a 17 year old, you know, struggling with your job and, uh, you know, what's more important, a lightsaber or your car insurance, you know, you like, so we try to make it affordable for everybody to get into and jump in and be able to participate, but we want to give them all an exposure. So when they go on and start their lives or go to college or uh, move for work uh, or whatever the case may be, they'll have a broad enough skill set to be able to go and do whatever uh, weapon type of combat or recreation activity they're interested in, be that stage combat or HEMA or uh, MMA night fighting or, you know, what, or, uh, you know, getting involved and continuing to found their own school. Hopefully uh, some of us will be doing that at some point in time. Yeah, I think if you've seen us, we also uh, introduce foam weapons into our system. So we have shields and war hammers and, giant battle axes and and every other thing and so these kids are ready to go to Amcard if they want that or as nick said the other day on the podcast go be larpers somewhere because they've had exposure to that as well that very much falls in the uh the sort of um the theme of the definition of saber martial arts like what we based that term on was like the mma of swordplay right well of course, that counts like your Warhammers, your shields, your stuff. So we used to do all that stuff in my class, too, before the old Vidian dropped. And uh, <laughs> if you catch my drift. And um, and now still, like, um, I'm a like all of us, we're big proponents of using the foam weaponry um, for various reasons. But a lot of it has to do with it's just so easy to cover so many various martial arts styles and concepts with those weapons uh systems and plus you can make your own if it really comes down to it it's exactly very it's a very cool we don't it's not a module we bring it out when we're changing from one module to another we'll do a night or two or two nights with with the foam weapons and that gets them all psyched and ready for the next module or whatever that's going to be so yeah, it's, it's, it's the, it's, everybody loves it. Cause it's, um, it's rare enough that it's still like really fun and novel. It's still uh, candy for yeah, them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because we want to, we want to, we want to create excitement out there in the world that doesn't know about saber combat. We want people to look at lightsabers and go, Oh, look, look what they can do with it. And then check it out. So we get a lot of requests from people that are just sort of out there trying to get into into the field and trying to find somebody to teach them. And we, you know, right, we don't do online teaching. So we push them towards wherever that is. 
be it SMAF or TPLA, we push them towards that. Yeah, you guys have been into our holocron at least once or twice now. Um, and uh, that is hopefully going to be starting back up in February here. We were talking last week in our meeting about that. And um, you guys you guys are kind of cool from my perspective because of well, your just you. open – yeah, from of just your open mindedness to try different things. I mean, there's a lot of just all martial arts, but definitely in the saber world right now, there's people trying to carve out their own little niches and also take bites of their own little treats. And um, sometimes it turns into tribalism and camps and things like that. And really, it's it's not really about that. Like if you're a martial artist, you just like to learn martial arts. So. I really like that aspect of your guys' academy. Well, thanks. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, you guys are you guys are are really good about it. There, there's a quote that we keep on saying is uh, absorb what is useful and forget what is not. You know, uh, mm-hmm. and you you'll have you know the the best expression of yourself, and that is the art part of martial arts. And I think that you guys uh, really encompass that by being able to take. A bunch of different rule sets, a bunch, a bunch of different styles, uh, if we can call them that nowadays, and actually go, okay, we're going to do this style, and then now we're going to teach this style. Now we're going to teach this style. Now, whatever you you come out of there with, that's the type of you know saber martial artist you are, which is, which is a really cool way to do it. Sometimes that's tough too. Like in a martial arts school, your students could get confused. Well, there's so their consistency is that we always go back and do our own system set forms as warm up. That's so that's, that's what like, I was going to ask. So you. yeah, so the, our own system set forms are used very regularly, no matter what module we're in. So that consistency is there. Yeah, that is that's a, the that, ticket. Yep, for sure. <laughs> yep. I remember when I was growing up in Kempo, we were like we did a specific set of the techniques and curriculum and everything, and then like people from other Kempo schools would come in and go, "What you call it? What?" And we were like, but it's just this one. And they'd be like, oh, well, I learned that. No, no, no. Go back to the reverse punch. Okay, go back to reverse punch. Let's just practice that again. And So that's to me, sounds like what you're saying. And and that's the way to do it. If you're going to mess with different things, don't confuse your students. Do let them have a root system. And um, I had a teacher who used to say, like, you always have to practice your mother art. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that's... That's what you're doing with your, you guys call it the SITS system, Sabre Integrated Training System, correct? That's yes. right. So explain that to us a little bit. Well, it's two parts. The first part is the training module. So we have uh, forms like everybody else. Um, we've boiled it down to basically, this is a right cross. This is a vertical strike. Uh, so we don't use technical terms like maybe some other schools would, you know, because we're trying to approach this again from a, a sport aspect. We're going from the basics. This is how you throw a punch. You just said a reverse, a reverse punch. Um, keep it simple. But then the second part is the actual combat part. And we do heavy blade and we've taught heavy blade. You've got to go very slow when you teach 15 year old. So we did that for a long time. Um, I think, we will teach people that come in that want to train for a local meet or something like that. But for the most part, we teach it as a training tool, but we don't use heavy blades to train it. We taught, we went through a phase of, we liked it, you know, just like we like heavy blade. But to me, 
former Olympic style fencer, it's more like that. And so after a, a, a meet where a, a person got almost knocked out by a guy out of control from another state, we decided we needed something that was for our students. So we looked at what we had here in the United States, and then we looked at Europe. And we liked ASL FFE, but we didn't think it was enough. And then we, but we liked it. We liked what they were, the athleticism of it. And we thought we could, we could emulate that. Then we looked at LSAT in England and both require arming, but the way that they arm is slightly different. And we said, we like that. So we merged the two sets into a two bout match. And the first is a little bit like ASL FFE, where you're the first to arm, you're the first that has the right of way to make an offense. And what ends up happening is a beautiful dance of attack, defend. You now have the chance to attack because you've earned that right. And a person, a kid, a student walking in with 20 minutes of training is already doing blocks and reposting. It's awesome, but he's doing it. And he's and the, and the smile on their faces. Then we take a 30 second break and we go into the next rule set, which is a melee. And this is based on L side. So you have to, you have to arm and then you have to have a 90 degree intended strike, but there's no stopping for one minute. In both rule sets, it's continuous fighting. There's no stopping. It's minutes for right away. It's one minute for melee. We've, the hard part was how do we judge it and how do we score it? And we've, we've licked that problem. So in the right of way, either the line judges with hand clickers can, can click themselves or more likely the judge says blue two points because every part of the a different point system. In melee, it's impossible to see it. So the, the line judges just have a clicker and they're looking for the, the strike being performed armed properly, delivered properly with a 90 degree strike cut. And then they, they'll give them a point when they make the strike. And so there's one referee for each and scorekeeper for each combatant. And we've worked, we've worked out the kinks in it. And so between the two is this intense um, student-driven learning experience where they learn the basics. And it's cheaper because the basic equipment is a set of lacrosse gloves and a fencing helmet. And so we're teaching control right off the bat. A new student walks in. They can't fight another new student. They have to fight either Nick, myself, or one of our experienced knights. But because our guys are moving at a slow enough speed on the arming, now the new student is catching a block and doing a repost. And then we conduct instruction as the match goes on. Three minutes is a long time doing it this way. Yeah, three minutes is a long time. People who have never been in an MMA or boxing ring don't know how long three minutes really is. Yeah, <laughs> remember a heavyweight boxing match rounds are three minutes. Yep. You know, that's so right. That is, that is a long time. If you heck just try to stare at one thing for three minutes, <laughs> you know, it, it, it feels like forever. Right. That 30 second and, break doesn't get do much for you. Yeah, that's right. right. But, it, but that's, that's the key to creating, uh, uh, endurance and stamina and oh yeah um, yeah that, two different things. when you and, when you jump and, into that oh go ahead yeah oh, i was gonna say that it's the key to yeah. to for endurance and stamina and being able to get used to being able to do that get you prepared to do it later on more with more advanced uh, technique and hopefully better breathing as well yep. in, in the right away you can fly you jump in the midair do a 360 degree circle and attempt to land a hit I get. I think Mark can do that. 
and then, <laughs> and then in the melee, you you have to find you have to go into the chaos of close quarter combat and fi- and and find a way to, to to win in close. There's there's something to each one of these in the sit system combined, and that's mm-hmm. why we did it. And we offer it to anybody that wants it. If you teach heavy blade and you want an alternative to add to your curriculum, if you're a school, we're happy to, to teach you to do it. It's not that we'll do that with anybody that wants to learn. There is somebody that you guys know that's looking at establishing a school in the summertime, but he's going to come, that individual is probably going to come down to the school. We're going to teach him to sit system and hopefully he establishes. The thing that I like about the medium grade blades as well is that they're um, a little more forgiving than the, uh, than the heavy blades, um, but they're still not super whippy. Uh, you know, they have a little more whip, right. but they're not super whippy like a like a true light blade is. They're very similar to the heavies, to be yeah, totally yeah. honest. They, I would say, they're closer to the heavy than they are to the light. Yeah, and I so, agree. So it, I agree. it gives you a good balance of that uh, sturdiness that you're going to see with the heavy blades as well. Um, and with the with the system, um, when you're doing that transition from the two minute right away, where you can kind of explore and play with technique and and style and then you go in and you do that one minute it's it's a real like pressure test you know like if if they're going at it if you've got people that are circling each other for 15 seconds then you know not so much uh that happens from time to time but most of the time somebody's like i want my points and they're they're going in and that type of uh pressure that's created in that exchange it's 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 a good pressure um it's not the most um difficult of pressure tests i've experienced but it's a nice one in terms of amping the level of training up and the intensity of the training up so you have that two minute window where you're practicing and execute executing technique and then you've got a one minute window where it's about uh that aggression and pressure and it works really well from a from a training standpoint I think that those are two different things that you need to explore when you're practicing any type of martial art. Um, and it encapsulates it really well. Well, two other things on this is uh, Faisal Milan is a, kind of a philosopher who founded LSAT in England. And we are of the opinion that we would like the sport to be pretty to watch and understandable for a bystander to walk by and go, wow, that's pretty cool. I want to be involved with that. The second thing is, we tried to figure out a way to take away the height advantage. So in pretty much all lightsaber fencing, a good tall fighter generally beats a shorter, smaller fighter. Now I'm relatively fast for a 66 year old, but it's tough when you're facing somebody six foot five. This takes away that. The first part, maybe the taller fighter might have an advantage, but really not really. But then we get into the melee, and if you're a pit bull like me, you corner the fighter. <laughs> and, Nick, and Nick has got really long arms. And we have gone at it a number of times. And I think he's figured out now how to beat me. So now I know <laughs> how he's beating me now with his really long arms. So it's, it's, fight, it's, it's achieving stability within the chaos. And there's, so there's learning in there. But again, we've taken away that height advantage that you see so in so many sports. That's great. Hey, y'all, this is your main man, Foe. Just want to say thank you so much for listening to the Sabre Martial Arts Foundation podcast. I really hope you're enjoying today's show. I also just want to take a quick second to thank our sponsor and the official Sabersmith of SMAF, Key Sabres. 
If you're not familiar with key sabers, well, now's the time to get familiar. They offer two flagship combat grade sabers, the Persuader and the Slayer. The Persuader is a community favorite. It's been around for a while, sits at about 11 inches in hilt length. The blade retention is about three and a half to four inches, which is just ridiculous and super balanced. And the newest saber model would be the Slayer. Slayer is about 13 inches standard, but you can buy an extender for that to get it out to 16 inches if that's your thing. And really the main feature of every key saber is their all-in-one chassis system. The owner, Kyle, designed this chassis to fit the LED, the rechargeable battery, the switch, and if you buy one, the sound card, into this really sleek 3D printed design. Just a couple inches long, fits real snug into the bottom of your hilt, and it won't be rattling around and breaking stuff inside your hilt while you're fighting, which, of course, as a saber martial artist or just somebody who takes their saber fighting kind of seriously, you're really going to appreciate that. And with the switch on the bottom, there's no greeblies on the outside of the hilt to like mess with your grip or cut into your palm or anything like that. The best news is SMAF individual affiliates can talk to a board member or members of affiliate schools can talk to your head instructor and earn special pricing off the entire Keysabers lineup. Okay, enough babbling. Go to Keysabers.com, K-I-S-A-B-E-R-S.com and add a real martial arts tool to your toolkit now. Courtney, I know you had something on your mind. What were you going to bring up? So, Tony, you actually just, uh, you know, just brought it out. Uh, and that is that I do love, and, and um, you know, your system, because I've watched many of your fights, that you have that aspect of, um, of entertainment to it. Mm -hmm. uh, I am of the belief as well that that is very important uh, actually extremely important um, because, you know, while there is definitely a martial aspect clearly to this thing that we all do, um, sometimes I feel like, you know, a, a lot of people who participate in this may lean one, you know, further one side than the other. Uh, I'm just going to keep it 100. Uh, you know, I've been doing a saber thing for like a I guess like a good seven or so years now. Uh, and, and, you know, you get to the point where it starts to get a little dry when there's hold, reset, hold, reset, hold, reset. After about five times of that, I'm not going to even lie. I'll check out. I'll check out. Me. <laughs> Me. Is the headmaster of like a popular yeah. school. <laughs> I, I'll check out, right? But there's something to be said about, you know, what you've created because it, it, you know, captures your attention, right? It's as fun to look at as it is to do. There, there's strategy in it, right? There's athleticism that goes into it. Uh, you know, you actually have to be awake. You have to be wide-eyed and, and, and realize what you're doing. Um, you know, you, ha you have to set up your parries, you know, you have to get ready to avoid. Uh, it's very well put together, and I think it does touch on all of the aspects that uh, that make saber combat exciting. Um, mm -hmm. and, I, and I'm glad that you guys uh, were able to come up with that. It's, it's definitely it's definitely an awesome thing. Well, you see this? I'm giving you much love, brother, right from here. <laughs> oh. I, will, I will say this. You know, I've got a good size house, and I've got spare bedrooms. Anyone want to come down and stay at the house? <laughs> Spend a, couple, spend a couple days learning the system, and I'm really looking at you, Mr. Courtney. 
we would love to have you if you don't mind a one-eyed cocker spaniel and a flower <laughs> and if Not you come in the summertime i've got a pretty big swimming pool so after we after we get through beating each other up after the system we can hit the swimming pool and have a beer together <laughs> Hey, I, I might have been a dog in a different life. That's how much I love him. So that's not a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Alan, what were you? What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just saying. I was thinking that it was it was a great uh, sign <clears throat> in any school, uh, not necessarily uh, like there was any martial arts school when uh, the students uh, have their own. Um, way of kind of accepting each other right and mm, uh, the mm-hmm. fact that you have that in your system is a, a great part of it where you know some people do especially if you're brand new you have all sorts of emotions rolling through you right um there's anything from insecurity all the way to bravado um and sometimes they're the one and the same and and uh, a lot of our uh a lot, a lot of times it, it, it becomes a, well, I'll never get to that point uh, where they see some, somebody do something cool or it's a, man, I can't wait to be able to do that. You know, so there, there's a huge spectrum and gamut of that. And to be able to, to capture that in, in a student, to be able to say, hey, you know what? Yes, you can do this too, is an art, you know, and it, it's an art of teaching and uh, being able to learn how to teach that is also an art. So it does take a certain type of personality and a certain type of uh, disposition in order to be able to communicate it. So, hey, good, good job on that, because that's really what this is about. You know, we wouldn't all be here talking about that if you guys weren't able to do that. You know, um, and as, as much of a, you know, old grizzled kung fu veteran with a scar over his eye a gravelly voice you know saying get on your dot that i am then you know it's still kind of cool to see that you know there is all about this you know there's still a a a group of people that are willing to to go through those trenches and do that um i myself here in phoenix we have a group of people they're great i love them they're they're awesome but it you know when it comes down to it, you're you're in the room by yourself at the end of the class. You're like, man, is this really worth it? And if if you have students that are constantly showing up, then it is. It, it it's one of those uh, those things that you have to realize as a head instructor. And you guys have all gone through this, where you're just sitting there at the end of class, going, "Wow, that was a really good class." Mm-hmm. Or, man, I I didn't expect 20 people to show up today. You know, it's one of those things where uh, those kinds of uh, flashes of insight, like ah, that, this is this is what I, I was looking for. This is what I want. Because it's so hard, especially nowadays, to verbalize what you want. It, it, I mean, nowadays, I mean, raising an infant, I know what he wants, but he points at it. You know, <laughs> so it's like, oh, that's what you want. Okay, cool. But that that's a lot harder with an adult. Oh, and yeah, and, and I think that, you know, every one of the students who shows up is wanting something different. So you, it's up to us to help them find that, 
you know, like, and, and that's part of the reason, again, why we do a lot of the different things that we do is to give them the opportunity to explore and do and grow like that. And one of the, I think a good example of that is like the, one of the last classes we did, uh, we were going through just basic drills, you know, like the, the basic set of blocks and strikes. Let's just run through them all uh, a couple of handfuls of time. And as we were doing it, you know, the brand new students are watching and they're mimicking and being good students as they should. Um, but I was talking to the, the Knights and the, the more experienced students saying, you know, like, this is where you start to put yourself into this. You know, this is where you start, the transitions between these motions are where you can make this your own. We're all doing a, uh, we're all doing a downward strike. We're all doing a horizontal slash, you know, but what you do between those two things is what makes this your own and start to explore that and express yourself uh, in a way that you're comfortable and want, you know, like you can't screw the form up. You still got to do the move, but find <laughs> the way, find the way that, that, it, that makes this yours. And you, I like, I saw the light click on in one of the students heads, like, oh my gosh, I can like, this thing that I want to do here, I can do it here. And they're like that, that uh, ability to express themselves and the permission to express themselves was uh, a really beautiful thing. You're given like teenagers control of their destinies. Who does that? Like who does that? Who gives a teenager except for like a martial arts teacher or a really good coach or, you know, that one history teacher that everybody wants to have every year, you know, because they know that that person's teaching them about more than just like what some old farts did back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's really cool to hear you talk about it in a way where you're like, um, you're sort of like telling us about it as if you're the student, you know? Uh, and I like that enthusiasm coming from you because you're the teacher. So that's exactly the right kind of mentality. We don't have chaos in the class. Like the one rule that is uh, nobody sits unless commander sits. <laughs> I like that rule. <laughs> and the teenagers have seen me chew out adults that came in and sat down. And I said, what are you doing? And so, so we set, the, we do the things I did when I taught school, which is set boundaries, have high expectations and then have fun. And more and more, we believe in them and they know we believe in them. So they, they achieve. The kids put the, the stuff away at the end of the night. I got a lot of stuff to carry back to my house. We don't tell them to do a thing. Class is over. Boom. They're, they're taking down the, the arena. They're going and they're spraying the mask. They're putting everything away. And then they're carrying it all out to my truck. Don't have to say a word to them. They walk around. They make sure everything's got picked up inside the space. Um, and it's just the way that, like I said, we, we did this in ROTC and we brought that system here. And Nick is such an unbelievable teacher that he walked in and, uh, and the minute he was an instructor, the students were, you know, they were driven to him. I mean, he, they, they believed in what he was telling them and he gives them such positive affirmation and belief in them that they achieve what they thought they couldn't achieve. Well, and I went to a tournament in Virginia and, and got, they got to watch some of the videos. So they know that, you know, like I'm, I'm backing up what I do. <laughs> yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, actually, uh, that that reminds me. I was going to ask you about this. Um, is Courtney? I know you you don't teach anybody under a certain age, right? They have to be at least eighteen. 
Uh, so for me, I actually have uh, a youth division and an adult division, but right now I'm just doing adults. We'll ease back into the kids soon. Oh, sure. Oh, that, that's the reason I was asking is to, to, to look at, you know, what the, the student body that they can have, you know, that's, those are our future leaders, you know, in, yeah. in mm -hmm. the community and stuff. Uh, I was going to say there, you, there is certain uh, just physical requirements, right, in order to, to, to do this with any level of, uh, of success. You know, uh, there's there's certain techniques and moves in any martial arts. It's just like, well, that'll work better if once you're, you know, as tall as you become. <laughs> Not uh, necessarily right now when you're, you know, let's still have stubby T-Rex arms. Um, so that being said, your student body, right? That's our next generation. Like uh, I was talking to you earlier about that, uh, Tony. Is that there? There is no old lightsaber master right none of this happened before 1977 and even then uh technology is only caught up around the 2000 2010s where we could actually pull off the stuff that we're pulling off now mm -hmm. um and i can't wait for the next five years in five years when your students are like oh no i'm, I'm a young man now you know, i'm actually able to go and do this and go into the uh some of these adult tournaments you know and that that because there are certain rule sets out there that are that are uh, uh age driven you mm -hmm. know which is it's a thing but uh skill is skill is skill you know there there's a there's a a couple of um ones i think that are, that are done a little bit more tongue-in-cheek where it's like the seniors division and things like that but hey man it, don't don't knock it i'm gonna be in that seniors division next year so <laughs> i'm not knocking it i'm i'm saying it's done tongue-in-cheek because a lot of times it's kind of like yeah, i don't want to fight the younger guys which is great because it, it's a little bit more uh it, it makes it a little bit more accessible too because there's nothing more dangerous than an old man smiling um, <laughs> oh i'm sorry there's one thing more dangerous, which is an old woman smiling, but that's a whole other story. Uh, but you know, when it comes to when it comes to martial arts, it, 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 it's one of those things. You know, the uh, what's what's the saying? It's uh, youth, uh, youth and vigor versus old age and cunning. You know, it's, it's like one of those things. Like, I don't have the time to fight you. I'm just gonna go ahead and destroy you, and then move on with my day. It's kind of one of those things. It, it's really fun uh, to to be uh, the one. Like you guys go in there and you scrap with your your students, and uh, you know you kind of give them the the opportunity to do that. Where and this is one of the few martial arts that I know of that actually does that um, because there's oh, yeah. a lot of there's a lot of other martial arts out there where it's not um, it's not conducive to either sparring or, or just actually, you know, executing technique in a way where you can score, quote unquote, right? There's, there's a bunch of different things. Like even Tai Chi has like push hands and stuff where you throw somebody out of the ring, which is really fun, but not, not really that fun. If, you know, your, your, you know, 90 year old teacher just keeps on throwing you out of the ring. Um, Been there. With, <laughs> yeah. But, it, but it's one of those things where it's really good for a young person to go and say this was actually really good for me it got their butt off the couch right 
you, you got them into something they're, that they're into and interested in, and then they can have measurable results, mm-hmm. right? Um, that being said, in Aiken, in the SIT system, is there a belt progression or is there like a ranking system um, that, that says like senior students or, or however, or whatever uh, words that you use? Yeah, there definitely is. And there's a progression that goes up uh, through, uh, I think we got about five uh, ranks that you can progress through and it's patch based. So every time you go up a rank, you get a new patch and you can put that on your armor or uh, suit. Yeah. And um, that is something that we do encourage the students to do and require them to do to progress. And that's something also that again, reinstills going back to what we were talking about with Fode, um, it reinstills having to do those forms uh, no matter what type of fighting we're doing. You know, sure. We're still doing those forms because you got to practice, you got to remember and you got to know them for your next tests. Yeah, so so that, that's kind of built into the, the structure of the academy. Yes. Yeah. So it's initiate, apprentice, uh, knight, cavalier, paladin, and then master. And in each one progressively, like in regular martial arts, you have to know the previous uh, forms to be able to do it. So for where the knights are right now, the next form, they're gonna have to know the initiate, the apprentice forms, as well as the knight form. Then they're gonna have to know how to do staff work. Then they're gonna also have to know how to do the choreography as well. So it's a, it's a pretty tough, challenging test. And then I haven't written for the level above that yet because we're waiting for our first leader to be made. And then the next one is gonna be harder, but it starts off with two-handed style, then to one-handed, then to a combination of both two-handed and one hand, everything building upon each other with the same terminology. Um, and then when we get into the upper ones, then we're gonna put a little bit more acrobatic type forms together. At least that's my thought process right now. Sure. That's actually very similar to how I structured. I, I use the seven forms as my teaching standard but like um, the the way I do it is very much like what you just talked about. If you know form one, then me teaching you form two is just like when I taught you form one, except I take a hand away and show you some other techniques, right? And then when I teach you form three, it's just the blocking, but it's all the stuff you already learned except more of it, you know, and so forth and so on. So I like I like the way you've structured that. Yeah, and so, you know, and in each, like in the first form, there's offensive techniques, defensive techniques, that's form one. Then there's form two, which is two people, doing those offensive defensive techniques together. And then form three, which is like a standard kata where it's all put together. And then if you pass, you get a, you know, a patch like this. Look at that patch. Right. So we Damn, have, that's fly. We have different color patches to go with, each, with each particular rank right now. We only have one master. I would say if I was awarding uh, Nick a patch, he'd probably be at the level below this at the paladin level. Um, but so he's got, but he had to work his way up too. So I'm hoping he picks up the next one and works with the two nights we have right now, but there's a gal coming up and, uh, she's 17 and she's dead set on passing those boys and she's going to pass those boys. So she is, she works hard. She works. That's, uh, 
generally my experience with 17-year-old girls versus 17-year-old boys yeah. is that the 17-year-old boys should just pack a lunch and <laughs> we, we just got her a, uh, we just got her a key saber we pushed ahead uh kyle from key sabers gave her a one it was a surprise for her birth for christmas um, awesome and you know we work hand in hand as you know with key sabers for a lot of things for our event coming up next week uh next month key sabers is sending us three persuaders to go ahead and raffle off. Nick's going to be in charge. So Very cool. we support key savers because key savers supports us. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah. We feel very well, much the same way about Kyle and key savers. Yeah. And I said earlier, he's the other 50% of why I even know who you guys are. So, you know, big shout outs to both him and Courtney for that, because, um, you know, like when Courtney and I were talking last summer after, or before Nick went to the tournament, but he told me, hey, you know, this guy from Aiken's coming up. And I was like, Aiken, Kyle's telling me about Aiken. And um, then one of my students kind of, it was kind of cool to find out about Nick and, and how Aiken did their stuff because my student was 13 who went to Courtney's tournament. Mm -hmm. And he's sparring with, like, full-ass adults, mm -hmm. you know. But he's used to that in karate. He's used to that right. in sword fighting already. Because like you said, Tony, there's no reason why he can't if he's training with the right mindset and the people around him exactly. are there to support him, you know, and keep him safe. And that I, I sent him to Courtney's because I knew, like, I, I called Courtney. I said, can I send him to you? Yes, he's not going to die if you send him to me. But at the same time, I also put a shout out to Alan. I said, hey, can you keep this kid in your sights? And then when I found out um, – you know, about the way Aiken did their stuff. I was like, oh, he was in great hands all the way around. And side note, uh, he ended up mixing it up with literally the biggest competitor, <laughs> the biggest man, the that would be biggest his luck. man. He's Mr. about a buck 20 <laughs> sopping wet. My, my, my man, my man, Brian Williams, he, he mixed it up with Brian and Brian is a huge guy and he was not scared and it was wonderful to see. I, and I appreciate that, but I appreciate that that you guys and I know Alan does this very much the same way when he has teenagers in his saber classes. Is there's no reason why they can't hang, you know? There's no reason why they can't hang. Now here, let me give you guys a little short little tale because this just happened. There's a, f I, I guess he's 17, but I think of him as 14 because he he seems young, you know, compared to the rest of the kids in the MMA group room and I say kids because I'm like the oldest one in there at the ripe old age of almost 34 um <laughs> I'm the oldest person in the room training uh and um I don't have any fights coming up because I'm 34 and um they uh, they they you know they let me just hang and and spar with them and everything and, and I have a good spirit about everything I'm just there to learn but there's a 17 year old kid there and he's uh relatively new and um, everybody loves this kid. His attitude is so good. He's like a cheeky little bastard sometimes in the best way, you know. And uh, he likes to learn all these little fancy moves and just try them even though he can't do them. Great person to have in the room, right? Great energy. And uh, there's another guy who comes in. He's 30. And um, he, put, he put the hammer to this kid a few weeks ago. Like, uh, 
I, I'm pretty sure he, he like busted his ribs up. I don't even know if the kid's okay. We haven't seen him in weeks. And um, if, if that kind of thing happens in your presence, in your gym, you know, I'm talking to the, the public at large now, that you have to nip that stuff like right away. Yeah. You can't. I mean, it happens in saber fighting too. Like people that- go out there to break fingers. People go out there to break elbows, to break your gear, to break your sabers, to break your spirit. So I just asked this friend the other day, I was like, can I do anything for you? Like, is there any way we can see him again? You know, um, you don't want that. You don't want people turned away because, you know, they felt like all of a sudden they were the smallest person in the room or they were the weakest person in the room or they were, you know, bullied um, in a big, big way. Also, if you're 30... What the hell are you doing cracking a 17-year-old kid's ribs? Like, what are you doing? Yeah, that's that's part of the reason why anybody new always has to spar with the instructors first. You know, like, yeah, we, we that's that's just... Yeah. And yeah, and there have been people who have been asked not to come back, uh, for certain. Um, yeah, we, uh, we learned that lesson at a meet. Um, and again, it was young men. And our teenagers were beating them and... Then it got started to get a little bit more wild, a little bit more vicious. And the person running the meet didn't take control because one of the people, one of the worst offenders was one of his, was one of his people. So this is one of the reasons why we isolated ourselves away from the leagues where there are adults and there are other adults. So we don't invite those folks down. And that's why we developed SITS and we're going, and we're just slowly exporting it to other schools or other, other groups and we're really trying to keep control down so teenagers can participate in this without fear of being overrun by adults like that who had no business. He had no business as a professional doing that to a teenager. That's almost an assault. Yeah, the head of our gym did tell him, it was like that, like I haven't seen the kid in weeks. What, what did you do to him? You know, like you can't come in here and bang my people up. That's not, so, that's not what open mats means. Right. So, uh, my teacher had a had a really good way of discouraging that stuff and that would be is if you were directly responsible for uh hurting somebody in the school then you would take it upon yourself to pay for their training oh wow so it was a a really good detractor from being that guy (laughs) that's quite a good idea actually it's like oh okay well that you know couple hundred bucks a month now uh you're responsible for well pay for their training or pay for their medical bills yeah and and that's and that's the thing it's like well you can keep coming but you have to do this or you can just leave and you know i i will do my best to to replace you with a white belt that that knows better and uh, unfortunately that's (laughs) that's, uh and that's and that's a thing uh unfortunately that that does happen and that's a really good point to bring up because you never want to be responsible for that. You know, everybody want, needs to, or I say needs, I want all of my students to leave with the same amount of fingers and IQ that they came in with, you know? Um, so it, it, it's one of those, those deals where I believe that if you are showing up and every, every single class is, is, is somebody's first day, right? Somebody's first opportunity. And uh, to be able to 
go ahead and and just lead from the front and say this is how you're supposed to act and do that that is again it's, it's part of part of art again right so if uh that being the case right it, it's uh let, let me let me ask this question because i asked it to all the other uh all the other guys too i uh if i was a person that heard about your class and showed up to your class um no let's pretend i was on time or even a little bit earlier uh <laughs> what would i what would my experience be like you know uh what would i see like if i if i just walked into your training space like what would, what would be the first thing that would happen i'm a brand new person what would well, happen? the first the first person when you first walk in um generally they tend to walk in when we're training so okay. either, either nick or one of the nights keeps on training i go and speak to the people I say, you want to take a class? Because we offer the first class is free. So I hand them a saber. I grab one of my knights and they work. They, they take the person down and they teach them form one, form one offensive techniques and form one defensive techniques. And it's basically 12, there's 12 moves in each. And then they're going to get a chance to fence that night. We'll, we'll provide a loner, a, a loner gear uh, and some gloves and we'll explain they've already been told how sits sort of works if we're doing sits and they get in with my, nick myself or one of the two nights and they're not injured and we're not injured if they go too hard we stop the match if <laughs> if if we uh the, the people that i'm most worried about are the 25 to 35 year old men if we get them walk in i immediately kind of get a feel for how they are as far as a personality, if I feel that they're really in here for the wrong reasons, they want to have fun, but they're not going to have control, I'll throw them out. I don't have, I'll lose a student before I'll have all my other students affected by it. I don't really care. You know, I, I don't, this is not a money making proposition for Nick and I. We are volunteers. We're doing right. this. We want to do this. Can you say that we, louder for the people in the back? Because. <laughs> We, we don't. I've got thousands of dollars invested in this academy yeah. for the best. All you do is pay to do this activity. You right. don't get paid. Right. right. Exactly. And so, you know, it, it depends. Now, we've had young men come in and, and they've abided by the rules and they've had a good time. Yeah. Uh, when we were doing other styles before Nick showed up, we've had walk people walk in and and it wasn't pretty. I mean, we had two grown men, one from the military base uh, across the river from us and another fella from from who supposedly has a black belt in Kenjutsu. They went at it. The same guy with Kenjutsu had a meet not too long after that, knocked out a younger guy after he was warned not to hit hard. And then he got a public rebuke that went Facebook live, so to speak, you know, and, and I left him in tears when I was done with him. You know, and you know, of course, the match was taken away. The damage was done, and luckily, the young, the other young fellow wasn't hurt. I don't, you know, so that's why we created sits. It was a total reevaluation of who's out there, what their motivations are. There's a proper place for heavy blade hitting hard, and there are leagues for that. And that is up to the leagues to control the amount of of danger that is available to the participants. I personally think the leagues that are involved in it have a good record of trying to keep the participants safe 
and throwing people out who, who, who deserve to be thrown out. That doesn't mean people are walking away with broken bones and things like that. But I have, a, I have a lot of respect for those leagues. They make no bones that you better have the right protective gear. Here's what you need to participate at this mm -hmm. level. But if you hit too hard and it's unnecessarily hit, we're throwing you out. And, and you know, good for them. I think um, that's very important to all of us because I know for me, Courtney and Alan, 95% of our training, aside from the stuff we do with foam weapons, 95% of it is done with heavy grades. And that's just our preference. It's not like, cause we we've used your guys style blades as well. And they're great blades, mm -hmm. but it's just our preference. But at the same time, I know for a fact, cause I've trained with them that when I go to Courtney's school, I'm not going to lose any limbs. I'm not going to have to visit the ER. I'm, I'm not even going to have to really wear my helmet and gloves, but I'm going to, right. you know what I mean? Same thing when I spar with Alan. Sometimes I don't wear my helmet and gloves, okay? I'm just going to tell everybody right now on the air, safety is important. But sometimes when one black belt is sparring with another black belt, you just trust each other. And right. you know that you can have the control. But at the same time, I know that if I spar with one of Alan's students who's not a black belt, they're probably being taught to control themselves the same way Alan controls himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you have to proportionally – do the heavy grade, the middle grade, the light grade thing. I will uh, say, I would say, oh, sorry, I, I, I wanted to tell, tell you guys uh, something that, that I told my students recently, which is uh, the amount of power and control in order to score a point with a lightsaber, you know, in, in most cases, uh, in most rule sets, the, the amount of power that you have to use in order to score a point is enough to crack the egg of a, uh, the shell of a hard-boiled egg. If you can crack the shell of a hard-boiled egg with your saber, that's as much force as you need. And that's very kung fu of you, but very accurate too. Yeah, <laughs> if you cannot, yeah, if you smash the egg, it's way too hard. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, that's 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 kind of the thing, and, and most people can understand that because most people crack the hard-boiled egg. Well, and you've seen Star Wars, like, th when they're lightsaber fighting, especially in the prequels, because like Tony said earlier, it's, it's all about that. Um, it's all about the um, the visuals, right? Mm -hmm. and, and the feeling you get. And you don't get that by, <laughs> you know, you only get that by, like, technical flowing and moving around and enjoying the act of the of the the art right so it doesn't really even matter what kind of blade is screwed into your hilt at that point yeah ju just going back to safety um yeah you, you know it, it is so vital uh it may even be the most important thing that we do um because you know unlike you know all of us here not everyone has the awareness or you know the skill uh, you know, or the talent to have the control needed to not cause injury to others or themselves. Um, and, you know, I think it's important that, you know, we stress for, for people who are listening, uh, who aren't, you know, taking part in this art, uh, but are interested, uh, you know, it, it is important to be as safe as you can and to take measures to ensure that the people that you train with do as well. I'm going to throw out an example. This actually happened last week. 
Um, so uh, I actually did have uh, my first injury, um, but but funny, uh, not funny, but you know, interestingly enough, it wasn't inflicted by a saber blade. It was actually self-inflicted. Um, it, uh, it's uh, one one of my newer guys, uh, Steven. Uh, he, he's an initiate. He just started up with this, uh, and uh, it was last week. We we're having a sparring session, uh, you know, of the night. We were at that point in the night, and what ended up happening was uh, Steven jumped back, uh, you know, uh, doing a shuffle step or retreat. And he put all his weight on his back leg, uh, and then he was going to jump forward to like lunge. All of his weight went down on that Achilles tendon, and there was an audible pop. Ooh. And, and he, he, he and he just collapsed to the ground, and oh. and sure enough, that is what happened. Um, he, he's doing he's doing great now. Um, he got it taken care of, and now he just has to heal up. Uh, but it just goes to show you. We just have to be careful. That didn't even involve a saber blade. That's right. It doesn't even have to be the fight, like the fight itself. And he got and he got a, you know, a relatively serious injury from that. So it, it is important for us to, you know, not only protect ourselves in combat, but then also as instructors, train our members appropriately from the moment they get there that's that they get there that they understand body mechanics and footwork to prevent things like that from happening in the future steven's a great guy he took it all in stride i love the dude um you yeah. know i've only known him for, for a few months he's, he's pretty new but he, he rocks uh and and he's rocking it out on that recovery nick i know you gotta you gotta head out pretty soon um i would like to know um anything else you want to let us know about you and what you're doing at Aiken or just Aiken as a whole, what the students are up to, what do you guys have going on? And also what do you guys charge for your classes? The classes range depending upon whether you're a resident in the city or uh, not part of uh, Aiken proper, but you're not going to be paying more than you know 25 bucks a month for the classes. <laughs> So okay. it's very it's people pay more than that in coffee every week. Yeah, so it's 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 a community program. It's community priced. Uh, you know, you're looking at about twenty twenty five bucks a month. Um, right. We've got a great uh, thing coming up next month in February on the twelfth at the South Carolina uh, Historical Museum in Columbia, where it's gonna uh, we're gonna be doing a be part of sword fest which is an annual event that's been on for a few years now and there's all different types of blade aficionados from uh, roman reenactors to lightsabers so we're covering when everything did you say that is february that's, yes february 12th that's super cool and that's going to be that's again an example of one of the community events where the knights go out and they they're going to come up and participate and do some choreography and um, you know do some training with the crowd and um will uh, give them credit for you know doing a community uh, outreach event. So that'll mm -hmm. be that'll be fun and uh, we have the key persuaders that will be coming down will raffle off uh, as well. Oh, I love that. Nick, we need to get you uh, we need to get you uh, doing a and Tony too a class in the holocron teaching a class in the holocron i think that'd be really cool yeah as uh, long as it's not during love that. the D, D games i'm i'm all for it <laughs> <laughs> priorities i totally get it 
I totally get it. As as you say that, my trail camera's buzzing over here on my phone, so I got priorities. <laughs> <laughs> if we do it in the evening, probably have to do it in my garage uh, because it, it's a little late for the activity center, unless we'd we'd be happy to do it. We ain't got plenty of room. We'll schedule uh, whatever you guys can too. But yeah, that's something we should definitely talk about. Um, and uh, just make sure everybody has some hard boiled eggs before the class. Yeah, right. <laughs> You guys are, you know, are quickly becoming a pillar in this whole uh, community. Uh, you know, you, you, your guys' outreach is marvelous. And, you know, it's good to have you in the fold. And it's good to, you know, actually meet you guys and, and mix it up. We'll, uh, we'll continue that trend. And I'm just excited for the future. I agree. See you in Virginia. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. We've had uh, Courtney... And, you know, has been – we're trying to bring Courtney in a little bit more uh, in, into some of our outreach efforts uh, with SMAF. And um, so I'm hoping that between him and what you guys do with, with your group, that some of the tournaments that are coming up, um, as well as just, like, events and the podcast here and things like that, you know, um, if people are listening and they're like, man, that sounds like something I could do. Welcome to yet another episode of SMAFCast, please. You know, you can find Aiken right on our website, sabermartialarts.life. They're right in the SMAF school section. Take you right to the commander's email address as well, I believe. And um, you can get right in contact with them right away and say, hey, you know, I'm not that far. Can I come check out a class? And um, I, I encourage you to. I really do. Um, also, if you're kind of interested in the Saber integrated training system and maybe hearing a little more about some of the ways that they train. I'm pretty sure, you know, if you're nice and polite and ask with pleases and thank yous, you might get some of what you're looking for. So uh, reach out to these guys. They're really nice. The Aiken Saber Academy Facebook group, awesome Saber group. If uh, you have no clue what you're doing, <laughs> it's a really good group because you're just going to get a little bit of everybody, like they said before. Mm -hmm. So, Alan, what about you? Anything you want to kind of bring out, bust out before these guys bow out? I would like to uh, see you guys again in person. I, I mean, I'm the odd one out here. I'm on the West Coast, so you guys are on the East Coast. So um, uh, next time I'm over there, which should be for Courtney's tournament, uh, for the Saber Light Nights tournament in June, uh, I hope to see both of you there. You know, we can... Uh, hang out and probably uh, you know hit each other with uh, glow sticks. Uh, I'm hoping so. I'll be there too. Yeah, with, like, I mean, load, loads. Of I would weapons. love to do one of these live. Well, that'd be that fun. would be my. That would be the, the that would be my. There's my there's my elevator pitch. That's I mean <laughs> that's the whole reason SMAF started in the first place was to finally get us all in the same room. So why yeah. not do it again? Courtney's close enough that we can get up to Virginia without a problem. Awesome. So, Courtney, I'm going to need a grill. Okay. <laughs> that's all. That's all I need. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll handle the rest. I mean, I'd love to have, I'd love to have uh, Ryan there too, because uh, I, I know he has like uh, all of the, the videos that I've seen for the tournaments have been like on his farm and stuff. Oh, yeah. I think the next <laughs> time, I think the next time we have Nick and Tony on, um, maybe we'll, 
watch some fights. If you guys have fights where you're going back and forth or maybe with some adults from the group, we'd love to watch them with you. And maybe we'll have Ryan on for that because uh, Ryan is obviously one of my favorite people to do fight commentary with. He's He does great commentary. Yeah, and he's just super – like he loves everybody. Mm-hmm. You, you can't – yeah, you can't find anybody that Ryan dislikes, and and I love that about him. So, uh, Nick, it's been it's been so cool, man. Every time we have somebody new on, I'm like, yeah, I I'm gonna learn some cool stuff, and I'm gonna really like them. But like, I just <laughs> like everybody so much more than I think I'm going to, and and it's really not been any different getting to meet you a little bit more. And Tony, obviously, this is a pleasure as always, <laughs> an absolute pleasure. So, Courtney, thank you very much, sir. SaberLightKnights.com. AkinSaberAcademy.com. It's, yeah, I believe it is. And then, and as far as we're mostly active on Facebook, to be honest with you. I was going to say, if you can't find it by the dot coms and dot orgs and such, go on Facebook, search for Aiken Saber, A I K E N. Yep. And um, Alan with Phoenix Saber Academy. And the Saber Martial Arts Foundation. I love you. Thank you so much. SaberMartialArts.life. KeySabers.com. Kyle. Three-sectional saber. Three-sectional saber. Yep. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tony, did you have anything you want to call out, you want to shout out, or uh, put on blast? I'm going to make a shout out for uh, KeySabers uh, Commander uh, uh, Commander Pike, which we just broke. He, he sent us the Commander Pike. Ooh. I think I'm getting one too. Believe yeah. I am as well. I believe I am as well. <laughs> yeah, it's $120. You can't you really can't go wrong. It's actually built. Oh, I'm so well. excited. Uh we used our sit system and Nick and I broke it. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm gonna stab every tree in the woods. Yeah, yeah the video's up property. on our YouTube. <laughs> the video of it breaking is up on the YouTube page if you want to go check it out. Yeah, yeah. My first video editing, I'm you know old, so video editing, I just I learned it on the fly. So you know, don't look at the video and go, wow, who put this together? Because it's 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 pretty raw, but it'll 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 show what we did with it. So check them out, Aiken Saber Academy, SaberMartialArts.life, Saber Light Knights in Virginia, Phoenix Saber Academy, Delaware Saber Martial Arts, KeySabers.com, and of course, bring your own saber. <laughs>